0: Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Ephesians chapter four, verses one through 16. Please stand if you are able, as we read from the New Testament. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Please be seated.
1: I was uh, flipping through my high school yearbook and came across a picture of myself. This was a long time ago. Um, I was in better shape then. I used to lift weights. Uh, I was a two-sport athlete. And so this was me in high school. (laughs) I don't understand why you're laughing. Um, This was not me in high school. This was, anybody know who this is? Everybody knows who this is. This is Bo Jackson. One of the greatest freak athletes of all time. This man could jump higher than anybody. He was more powerful, could lift more weights, could jump out of the gym, could run faster. Um, He was good at two professional sports, football and baseball. The only person in U.S. history to be considered an all-star in both. And two very different sports that have very different skill sets to require precision in very different ways. They say one of the most difficult things to do in sports is to hit a baseball coming at you at 100 miles an hour. Um, It takes about 0.4 seconds from the moment the baseball leaves the pitcher's hand to the point when it crosses home plate. Now think about the body of an athlete as the ball crosses home plate. What What has to happen between when the ball leaves the pitcher's hand and when the ball crosses the plate? Well, the brain has to communicate with the eyes. The eyes see the trajectory of the ball. The eyes communicate back to the brain. And the brain has to, within milliseconds, communicate with the rest of the body, tell it what to do from head to toe, right? The feet stabilizing his body, his legs holding him in place and shifting his balance. His core is engaged, his arms. And then if you think about the fine motor skills of the fingers, the hands, and what they have to do with such precision to use this thin piece of wood, this stick we call a baseball bat, to hit a home run. It's incredible what the human body can do. And this is an incredible specimen of a person who was able to do uh, remarkable feats on the football field and on the baseball field. What control, what balance, what skill He was truly an athlete. If you were to look up the definition of athleticism in the dictionary, his picture would pop up. And so Paul uses this image of a mature, strong, healthy, athletic body to be able to accomplish incredible things as we come to Ephesians 4. He describes us as a body, the body of Christ. And in a similar way that Bo Jackson's body has to do Um, incredible things to hit a baseball out of the stadium or, or out of the field, so too we as a body must work together. The body of Christ. And so that's the image that we want to take through this morning as we look at Ephesians 1, excuse me, Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, and consider what is the body, how do we fit into the body, and what is the goal of this body? So what is it? How do we fit into the body what's our role, and what's the purpose of this body, the body of Christ. And we felt like it would be um, helpful to take a look at this now as we kick off things for the fall, as we consider what's happening in the life of the church, the body of Christ here, this local expression at Stony Point. You are making your plans, you're calendaring, you're figuring out children's school schedules if you're in that phase of life activities what's happening in the life of the church and the question that we ought to ask ourselves this morning and this is truly a spiritual question is lord how do i fit into the body what's my role here what are you calling me to do this year so what is the body look at verse 4 Ephesians 1 uh, 4, 4, excuse me there is one body and one spirit Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. He uses this phrase, one, this word one, one body, one spirit, and so on, seven times in this short couple verses, two or three verses, that we are one. That's the first thing we have to know about the body. There is only one body. It is not divided, and it exists in unity. Not only that, but we have one spirit. you believe this? You have the spirit of God living in you if you are in Christ. I I won't say anything more profound than that this morning. That if you are in Christ, God dwells within you. Through the Holy Spirit. And there's no greater uh, unifying agent than the fact that we all have God dwelling within us through his Holy Spirit. That's what bonds us together. That's what makes us one body. And so you have one spirit. You have God living in you. That means that you are a new creation. People from all different backgrounds, ethnicities, cultures, people who speak various languages, people who have different gifts can come together as one body because we have one spirit dwelling in us. Not only that, but we have one hope. We're not hoping in different things for ourselves in selfish ways, but we have one true hope. And that is Christ, that he will return, that we will one day be fully united with him. With God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this is our hope. This is what we long for. We long for eternity with him. And so, again, it unites us as one body. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. See, Christianity is not about a certain set of rules living a certain way, that comes after the fact. But first and foremost, Christianity is about being made alive in Christ. Having the spirit of God living within you. And there's no halfway, there's no middle ground. He's not going to partially indwell. He's not going to be partially in your heart. He is either in you or he's not. And that's good news for us if we believe in him. When you become a Christian, you surrender your life to him. And then it's a matter of learning how to in your daily actions your daily walk continue to surrender your life to christ who is in you through the holy spirit this is why christians tend to be such joyful people even in the worst of circumstances because we have god dwelling in us through the holy spirit so briefly what is the body it is one because god is one To be in him is to be united with him and with each other in a way that is profound and beautiful and mysterious. And conversely, if we tell ourselves that we are in him and he is in us, but we are divided, then we are not in him. We need to learn how to be in him because he is not divided. He is one. And so when he calls us into himself, we're brought into that beautiful fellowship together. One Lord, one hope, one faith. Now, how do you and I fit into this body? What's our role? We'll look at verse seven. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So, who does that include? Every single one of us. Every person in this room has been given gifts by the grace of Christ. And you have gifts that nobody else has. And you have a role to play in this body that is unique. And his desire is for us to use those gifts. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry here's what this means he descended he died on the cross he descended even into the depths of the ground to be buried he humbled himself he became nothing and because of his humility because he died for us the father chose to exalt him above all he is seated at the right hand of the father and he is now over all things and all things exist to glorify him the first thing you have to understand about the body as it is united in Christ. All things exist in him and through him to glorify him. And so he has given you a specific set of gifts and his desire is that you use them for the good of the body and for his glory and for his praise. And if I'm not using my gifts, I am in disobedience. It's not just that I've chosen to sit out or or some of us volunteer and some of us don't, but I am directly disobeying his call to participate in the life of the body if I don't use my gifts to his glory. Not to bring glory to myself, but to bring glory and praise to him. Some of you have unique gifts of hospitality. Um, You have a knack for welcoming a new person when they come in on a Sunday morning, greeting people with a smile, inviting people into your home. What other gifts do we have? We have gifts of service. Some of you have cut the grass when it's 95 degrees outside, and we thank you for that. That's a gift. Others of you, uh, it was a sweet moment this morning just to see the number of teachers who stood up, who are serving our young people, our children, teaching adult Sunday school classes. What a sweet moment. I mean, that was a picture of the life of the body, the church, people who are using their gifts and sacrificing their time to say, I'm going to play a role in the body. Many of these things that are done are behind the scenes and few people know about it. We have people who um, deal with building issues, people who steward the finances of the church with integrity and out of a heart of generosity. Again, teaching children, serving, caring for them. Some of you work with middle schoolers, especially middle school boys, which requires the gift of patience because I was once one. And so all these gifts the Lord uses and asks us to contribute to the body. Just as Bo Jackson is able to work in concert, his muscles, his nerves, his vascular system as he swings the baseball bat, so too we are to function together as a body. Now listen to this. It says, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, so the leaders, the pastors, he gave the leaders of the church to do all the work of the ministry, Right? Isn't that what it says? No, you're shaking your head no. That's not what it says. Read it carefully. Verse 11. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers, listen carefully, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's very different. What does it mean to equip the saints for the work of the ministry? That means if I'm called to be a pastor, or an elder, or leader, some sort of shepherd in the life of the church, that my job is to train and equip the saints to do the work of the church and the ministry. It doesn't mean I'm lazy or I just sit on the sidelines and let everybody else do the work, but it means we get to participate in it together. Let me give you a concrete example of what this is like. Um, I wear the hat of the community groups pastor here at Stony Point and so I think a lot about community groups and I train leaders and one of the key marks of a good community group leader, something that I'm looking for in addition to things like humility and somebody who's able to gather a group and lead them and care for them well is I'm looking for leaders who train new leaders and who are willing to work themselves out of a job in a sense. In fact, that's the mark, that's how I know whether I've done well at my job as a pastor, as making disciples, as leading a community group. It's not just that we have a good time together and we had some good Bible studies, but did I raise up new leaders? Did I help people within the group understand their own gifts and, and the things through grace that Christ has given them and then encourage them and challenge them to step up and lead and to participate in the life of the body? It's what he's called us to do in leadership. So what is the body? It is all believers throughout the world, throughout history, united by the reality that God lives in them through his Holy Spirit, and they are marked by their unity. How do you fit in? You have certain gifts, and he desires that you use those gifts to serve the body and to glorify him so that we function together. But finally, what's our purpose? What are we here for this morning? What are we called to do as a body? Bo Jackson knows what his purpose is. In fact, that's a lot of his training and effort and planning goes into understanding what it means to hit a baseball, what it means to score a touchdown. He's trained his body and disciplined it in a certain way to be able to accomplish this goal. So what is our goal? What is our purpose? Colossians 1 says, and he is before all things and in him all things hold together That is Christ. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. How can you have a bunch of people from various backgrounds... Cultures, ethnicities, people who speak different languages, people who have different temperaments. Some of you are, are big visionaries. So others of you are uh, more into the details. How do you bring a, 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 disparate, a very different group of people together like this? It's only through the blood of the cross. That Christ, as he died on the cross, made a way for us to be reconciled to God and then to each other. That's how he made peace by his blood in dying for us and giving us eternal life, giving us a right relationship with the Father. And so he is preeminent and all things exist in him and through him. The body of Christ exists to glorify, to worship him. We've been brought together because of the gospel. It's through it that we've been reconciled. And so Paul says this, as to how we are to live because of the gospel. He says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So this is what he's gonna explain. He's he's gonna say, this is your attitude toward other people. This is what ought to be your attitude toward other people in the body. Here's how you walk. Walk with humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. To be a community together that works together, think about, again, the the human body. If there is a particular part of the body that thinks it's better than every other part of the body, then the body's gonna cease to function properly. I mean, my my hand and my arm have to work together in unison, supporting each other if I'm gonna uh, strike a baseball or use a tennis racket. Right? And if one part says, I'm better than the other, then it ceases to function properly. We need humility, we need gentleness. This word is probably better translated, um, the ability to be considerate. So not only are we gentle, but we're able to think about how another person that we are in relationship with is thinking to kind of enter their world and their reality and to act accordingly, taking their thoughts and feelings into consideration. To act with patience, this word patience really means to be able to wait in difficult circumstances. Do you know that that's required to have a body that functions well together? And finally, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit that already exists in the bond of peace. Over and over again, he wants us to understand the importance of unity, what it means to work together as a body. And so here is the goal. This is what we're here for this morning. Verse 11, it says this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. For what? For the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now that's a mouthful. It's a lot for him to say. But here's what he means. He means that the goal of the church, the body, is to build up the body in unity, to attain spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity in Christ, who is the head. That's our goal, is to grow up in Christ and to build up the body as we win new people into the family of Christ, as we make disciples, as we train, as we teach, and as we grow in our faith and walking with him. That's the goal. Um, I have uh, an illustration that I'm going to use here. This is something I've never done before, Um, but my illustration is going to be my daughter, Frances. Okay, I know it's a little bright up here. This is Frances Kenny. She's about a year and a half old Um, and she's really sweet um, most of the time. Sometimes she will hit you in the face or grab at something. But part of that is because she's still a baby and she's probably gonna grab at this microphone. But if you think about the nature of a baby, of Francis, of a young one, um, how do you take a picture with a baby like Francis? Somebody's gotta take the picture. The other person has to stand behind the camera holding her attention for two to three seconds, maybe dangling some keys or jumping up and down because a baby has a short attention span. What else? She's learning how to walk. She's a little bit unstable on her feet. She's kind of in that drunken sailor stage where she's still figuring it out, what it, what it means to have her balance. She's not firm on her feet yet. Um, she's learning how to be patient, but she's not there yet. When she's hungry, she lets us know. So you understand this is what it means to be, and, and she's at the right stage for what she should be, but she's immature. She's a baby. She's an infant. She's figuring out how to walk through life and how to navigate. She's wobbly. She's not quite coordinated yet. If you were to compare her to the specimen of somebody like Bo Jackson, she's not there yet. She's got a ways to go. So here's what he says next. He says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes give her back to you. So what does it mean to be, you did did really well today, you actually um, ruined my point about being patient. What does it mean to be spiritually immature? It means we jump from one thing to the next, we're unstable, we're too easily influenced by the wind of doctrine, whatever the popular thought of the day is, the culture We jump from community to community because we don't have the patience to stick it out with a difficult community. Instead of being gentle, we're harsh, we're impatient, we want what we want now. Some of us are surprised by our spiritual immaturity or you show up in a church and you're surprised by the fact that you're surrounded by people who are spiritually immature, but that's actually what Paul says is happening here is that we are all on this journey toward maturity and none of us, including myself, has arrived. We're all this work in progress. Notice both Francis and Bo Jackson are fully alive human beings, aren't they? It's not as though he's more alive than she is. But they're at different stages in life. He has matured, physically speaking. And so the question for us is, yes, I may be in Christ, but where am I in that process of spiritual maturation? What I want for my child, what I want for Francis is not for her to continue as... Uh, as a baby, but for her to grow, for her to develop, and for her to gain skills, and for her to be able to walk and run and play sports, and Christ's desire for us is that we mature in our faith as well. And here's how we do it. Verse 15, rather, speaking the truth in love, so we're not supposed to be like infants who are tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. How do we grow? How do we mature? We speak the truth in love. Now that's probably not going to happen on a Sunday morning. What you need to be able to speak the truth in love... You may hear something like that from the pulpit, but to be in relationships where you're speaking the truth in love, you need to be in a community, a smaller community of people. People who understand what's happening in your life. People who know if you're closer to Bo Jackson or you're closer to Francis in your progress of spiritual maturity. And notice, to speak the truth without love is hurtful, it's harmful, it does damage But also to love without speaking the truth, in fact, is not loving. But we need these kinds of personal relationships where we're walking together with... This isn't something that I can do alone. I can't speak the truth in love by myself. It doesn't happen that way. It happens in community. And we don't have community simply for the sake of having friends or, or being connected. You can do that. You can join a softball team. You can be a part of a gym. But what we have is something very different here. You see, we have God dwelling within us. And we are members of a body with various gifts that he's called us to use to serve the body and to function together. And, and as I said, none of us has arrived at maturity So the call to you and to me this morning is to participate in the life of the body. I don't know exactly what that looks like for you, but this is a good time to do it as we think about the new season, as we think about where we might want to spend our time and the different activities and wonderful things that we have to do in our daily lives. The question is, am I participating actively in the body of Christ? For some of you, it may mean that you need to do less. Maybe you're you're overtaxed, you know, that's typically the case in the church that there's a a small handful of people that do the majority of the work and other people think everything's fine. But the question is, how do I serve in the body? How do I function by using my gifts, speaking the truth and the love? We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Now he's going to go back to the body uh, illustration as we'll close with this from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Bo Jackson had uh, an incredible career, but also an incredibly short career. Um, He never entered the Baseball Hall of Fame because he didn't play baseball long enough. You see, at the age of 28, at the prime of his career, he had a season-ending injury. After a 34-yard rush when he was playing for uh, the Raiders, he eluded most of the tacklers, but finally he was tackled. And the tackler was able to grab onto one leg. And if you you imagine the mechanics of a 350-pound man landing on his, his foot or his ankle, the amount of force, because Bo Jackson was so strong, dislocated his hip. And it didn't end his career immediately. In fact, they thought maybe the hip sort of popped back in, might have been a partial dislocation, but there was necrosis that took place. So basically, part of the hip, the bone, and the the ligaments, and the cartilage in the hip died. And he was unable to perform as an athlete. So his career was ended early. It was a painful experience, as you can imagine. I've never had a dislocated hip. But what kind of pain must that be? He ended up having a hip replacement. Others of you, maybe you haven't had a dislocated hip, you've had a a slipped disc, you've had a torn ligament, Uh, maybe the trauma of actually losing a limb of the body and the disruption and the pain that it causes goes on with us daily. And some of us feel this pain spiritually because we've been disconnected from the body. We've torn ourselves away or we've bought into the lie that I can just do this thing on my own. And God is saying you're going to continue to feel that pain until you connect yourself to Christ who is the head. Right? That's the key in humility to say Christ is the head. We worship him. We're here for him. And now let me play my role. Let me figure out am I a hand, am I an arm, am I a leg? And just enjoy flourishing and using your gifts and your skills to serve in the body. There are many opportunities to serve and connect at Stony Point. Uh, One of the things I wanna highlight to you is just the opportunity for community groups. Now's the time to try to find a community group. Um, We'll put up the picture of of some of our community groups around town. Um, We only have about seven or so co-ed community groups that are open to new uh, members, and so I'm praying for more of that in the coming years. But this is the lifeblood. This is the life of the body working together throughout the week, that we gather on Sundays and that we meet in smaller communities throughout the week. We meet for discipleship. We serve in various ministries, and we meet uh, for even for counseling so that we stay connected to the body. You know, I'm encouraged by what I see in our church. I'm encouraged by the unity that we have. I'm praying for more as we continue to work together. I love what I see when a missionary family like the Spragues comes To visit us and we have people who pick them up from the airport and people who house them and people who feed them. And you see, this is all the body working together to serve and to carry out a purpose that's bigger than any one individual. And all for the glory of Christ. It's for your own good. Stay connected to the body. Take a deep look in this next season as you consider what God has called you to and how you might fit into the body. And enjoy it. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you that you gave up your body. That you lost your life. That you were crucified on the cross so that we could become members of the body. So that we could have new life, so that we could participate. And Lord, we thank you not only that you called us to kind of show up and occupy a seat but that you've given us gifts and skills and things that we can contribute to the life of the body. Lord, we pray that we would grow in our maturity together. It's a community effort. We pray that we would mature into Christ and in our love for you, Jesus. And Lord, that we would bring more members into the body as it functions together as it's supposed to. Lord, ultimately we do pray for unity, for not division here at Stony Point, but for unity at every level.